1: Is Jeff Holst. Thanks for being on the show, Jeff. Oh, thanks for having me, Whitney. Jeff has an amazing story. And personally, I know that my success in real estate began when I started to get my mind right and when my things changed for me personally and started working on personal growth and things like that. And but maybe it didn't start there, but I made a decision then and started growing myself personally. And that's when things really started happening. But a little about Jeff, and I'm excited to get into the story and, and some things that's happened to him and how he is just thriving, and, and no matter what the challenging situation is and the way he views things, but a little about him. In August of 2008, he was a successful lawyer with a growing firm. Three weeks later, he was lying in a hospital bed, dying of leukemia, and well on his way to personal bankruptcy. Just over a decade later, he's back on the top as a full-time real estate investor and syndicator who just last month climbed to summit of Mount Kilimanjaro, the tallest mountain in Africa. Wow. I don't think I have anybody on the show that's done that. So thanks, Jeff. Yeah. I don't know too many people that have. I mean, we went in a small
0: group, so I know a few people, but other than those people, I don't really know anyone else.
1: How long did that take?
0: Uh, It was an eight-day climb. You start out maybe around six two thousand meters, so like six thousand feet, somewhere around there, and then the summit is nineteen thousand three hundred feet. So you get snow in the at the equator in, in Tanzania. So it's kind of an interesting experience. It's also super hard and I don't recommend it. It was actually maybe the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And you know, if you're watching the video, you can see, I'm not like the best shaped guy in the world. So it was real tough. I lost a couple toenails and my brother actually didn't summit. He came with us and he ended up getting mountain sickness. Ended up in a hospital for three days in Tanzania. Yeah, he was pretty rough. He's he's okay now. It's been you know like a month. We climbed in mid February, and then also the timing of that with this COVID thing is crazy, right? I pretty much went up the mountain in one world came back to a totally different world. So had this personal, you know, life changing experience. And then on top of that, everything actually changed. So,
1: wow, oh, man, <laughs> I don't know if I want to try that or not, but at least you accomplished it. You got to the top. I'm really looking forward to hearing more about your story and, and just just this the mindset you 've created too, and and how you 've got there, and a couple of things we were talking about, just some unique set of life experiences that allowed you has allowed you to see through and overcome some big challenges that would drown most other people and so let 's jump right in there
0: sure, 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 so actually, the Kilimanjaro thing, like I think my life experience is the only reason I could do it it's made me a really stubborn person right i'm climbing this mountain, and I'm thinking to myself. I'm never going to make this by like the second day I was convinced I was going to fail. And I just kept thinking, well, if I keep going forward, I'll either eventually get there or I'll be hospitalized. And um, if I, I figured that, that was a good enough excuse to quit if I was going to actually die. So I just kept moving forward. And fortunately, I adjusted to the altitude and I was able to do it. But that's something that I've gotten from my whole life. You kind of alluded to me getting leukemia back in 2008. And, you know, what happened is I had made myself a short list of sort of like a bucket list, right? I want to see the pyramids in Egypt. I want to go to Machu Picchu in Peru. There was a couple other things on there. And Machu Picchu was the last thing. And I was 30 years old. I climbed to the top of Machu Picchu and everything was like, it was like I was at the top of the world, right? And that, in a way, the Kilimanjaro thing is like sort of my way to reclaim that because it's much higher than, than Machu Picchu. But I just, you know, I'm looking down at Machu Picchu and my wife is there and we're thinking, you know, this is just like, Like everything is perfect in our life. And then literally within two weeks, I was diagnosed with leukemia. And I really was told that my white blood cell count was around 258. It's supposed to be like four to 10. So it was bad. And I had a cousin who died of leukemia about a year and a half before I was diagnosed. And her white blood cell count had gotten to 150. So I was laying in the hospital bed and I was at 250 and I knew very little about leukemia at the time except for that my cousin died at 150 so I was convinced I was dead. And, I was, and the doctors didn't know what kind of leukemia I had and so for about three or four days I was 100% certain I was going to die. I remember having this conversation with my dad. And he said, you know, if you make it till February, this is in September. So if you make it till February, we can go to Australia together. And I said, you know, I just hope I make it till Christmas. That's really, I mean, that's where I was mentally. But at the same time, I was like, I've done all this cool stuff. I've, I've been successful. And I, I felt like, you know, it's going to be okay. Like whatever happens is going to happen and that'll be all right. Obviously, I was worried for my wife and stuff like that, but I, um, we didn't have any children and she had a good job. So I figured, you know, she'd probably be okay. But I had a couple of attorneys quit right before I got sick. And so there was a little uncertainty economically there. And I only had just the two attorneys and myself. So that kind of caused a spiral down on finances. It was costing me, I was around 5000 a week to break even at the law firm. And we were making more than that. But then all of a sudden we were making zero that created a pretty big hole and I couldn't work for about six months. So fortunately, I recovered from leukemia, but I wasn't able to recover financially from that big giant hole and ended up bankrupt. It was a struggle. Honestly, it was harder than the leukemia in a lot of ways because I was a bankruptcy attorney. So I had to go in front of people I worked with and be like, hey, I'm done. (laughs) Can't do anymore. And I mean, they were nice about it. They understood about the leukemia and everything. And most of them were small bankruptcy attorneys and trustees and stuff that you knew and worked with all the time, but it was still pretty embarrassing. And I ended up taking a job working for a trucking company and I moved out of town. I moved from Michigan to Tennessee and, and I started working for a trucking company, uh, hiring drivers and doing some contract work for them, you know, legal stuff. And then I thought I need to figure out a way to make money, even if I'm not working. And the only thing I could think of was like, I need to start a business or I need to buy real estate. So I just started trying different stuff and the real estate stuck. You know, it was 2010. So it was a good time to start buying real estate. And I just kept buying and I was making good money and I just took that money and bought real estate. We did a lot of creative financing stuff. You know, I didn't have any credit and I didn't have that much money, right? Because i just gone bankrupt. Yeah, I had a good job, but that was about it. So we did a lot of owner financing and partnered with a couple of people that had some cash. We probably did things that were like syndications, you know, in retrospect, but I didn't even know what it was then, right? We're like, oh, you know, you put in the money and we'll split the profits up, which you know it's probably not actually what you're supposed to be doing you know in retrospect but fortunately we all made money and and it's a long time ago so we're probably uh, beyond where we have any issue with that and in fairness it was people that we were really familiar with and friends with so it would have probably been okay anyway but but yeah i don't recommend going down that route
1: let's jump into like what you learned from those experiences i mean that's definitely some difficult stuff. One of those two experiences is difficult enough for anybody. Most people mentally would have just said, it's over, kind of like you wanted to at one time. But tell me about what you learned from that, what that's taught you now.
0: Sure. So one thing I learned even before that was that I didn't like having bad days. So i made a decision to give up on bad days and I know it sounds kind of hokey but I just told myself today's a good day no matter what was happening and I try to minimize the negative and embrace the positive so when I got sick, my brother came to the hospital that day and he said something to the effect of, you're probably not having a good day today. Like he was almost like excited that he finally caught me in this. <laughs> I'm finally not having a good day thing. And I was That's like, "The brother for you right there. And- yeah. I mean, he wouldn't be like that now. This is, he was pretty young then, but I felt like even then I was like, you know, I've had a good life and like, if I die, I die. But you know, I mean, I'm not going to let this ruin my day. To me, that was fundamental because then through everything, I just got real stubborn about not having bad days and that stubbornness about always having, even if it seemed like there was bad stuff, I would try to find the good stuff. And, you know, good stuff happens to everyone every day and bad stuff happens to everyone every day. Yeah. Getting diagnosed with leukemia was traumatic, but it happened at 10 o'clock at night. So, you know, it didn't really have time to ruin that day. And by the next day I had time, like all these people visiting me in the hospital and I was thinking, man, look at all these people that love me and are showing up the day after I'm diagnosed with leukemia. So So I just kind of tried to embrace that stuff. And then I've, carried that forward into my business. I mean, like now we're going through this coronavirus thing. It's terrible. But you know, I also think I have some money in the bank. You know, I'm so much better off than other people. The people that were climbing Kilimanjaro, like the guides, the porters, these guys make 10 or $15 a day, $20 a day if they're lucky. There's no one doing that right now. I mean, Tanzania shut down. So these guys are making $0, probably have zero savings, maybe have no food. And I wish I could figure out a way to help them. I don't even know how you can help people like that right Know because mm. you can't get money to them. Like, I mean, they don't have any ability to claim it. And if they had money, they couldn't spend it. So it's a real challenge for them. And I just try to think about the positives, right? I mean, I'm in my house. I've got books behind me I can read. I'm able to talk to Whitney. Could be worse, right? I mean, I'm not locked in with no one to talk to, even something as simple as the internet. I mean, if this happened 20 years ago, <laughs> I mean, I'm on Zoom calls every day, right? I mean, I'm, we even are doing a Zoom happy hour a couple times a week here and, and just to hang out, you know, and talk to wow.
1: people. Mindset is so important and it's something I even push back to like my military training. They just ingrain just the mindset of that you can keep going you know, so much into you. And and I'm so grateful for that training. I call it like my never give up mentality. He teach you, you can keep going and, and that it's not an option to give up. It's just, if you're in combat, it's not an option to give up. Just cost other people's lives at that point. You know, I love how just, I can't even imagine being in your shoes. And I love how you said, you know, you made a decision to give up on bad days and just got stubborn about not having bad days. And I, I just love that. It's like, okay, it's just, we're just not going to do it. We're going to choose. I think it is a choice. You know, you're going to choose to see the good in it. And even when bad things are thrown at you and how horrible it is that you were diagnosed uh, with leukemia. I mean, that could be a bad day for anybody, but it's just amazing. Even through that, you had already had the mindset uh, you're going to choose to have a good day.
0: Well, you know, it's kind of like a muscle too, right? So I made that decision to choose to have all good days. And, and I literally was saying when I first started, I would tell myself, uh, you know, 20, 30, 40 times a day, today's a good day. And then one day somebody came to me and said, how you doing today? And I said, I never have bad days. And I suddenly realized it was true, right? Like it was a surprise to me. It just came out of me like that. And I feel like once I got to that point, it didn't matter really what happened anymore because I was so convinced that I wasn't having a bad day that I was always looking for positive. And fortunately, when I was diagnosed, It was more than a decade of unbroken string of, you know, having good days. It was reflective at that point. Like it it was just a reflex. I didn't have any, I didn't even consider the idea that I would have a bad day. And that helps a lot, obviously.
1: I love how you said you told yourself 20 to 40 times a day that you're going to have a good day. I've heard this numerous times from big time speakers, very successful entrepreneurs, how they say speaking negatively to yourself has so much more power than speaking positively. You know, so like, don't even speak negatively to yourself, right? Don't voice those things and allow yourself to hear those things. How did you get started even saying things like that to yourself just to create that mindset?
0: You know, I wish I could say there was like some secret trick or something, but I literally was looking in the mirror in the bathroom and I was 17 and i was kind of depressed you know it was like not depression it's like teenage angst right you know that kind of depression i don't know i was fighting with my girlfriend or something right i don't even remember what it was but i was i was just feeling down and i was looking at the mirror and i thought to myself literally just popped into my head. So, I mean, I consider it like divine intervention or something that I'm young and healthy and live in America. Like how bad can it really be? And so I just said, you know, I'm just going to have a good day today. And I literally said, today's a good day. I didn't even say I'm going to have a good day. I said, today's a good day. And then the next day I said it and you know, it wasn't a good day the next day. It took about a week or two of just telling myself over and over today's a good day. And then all of a sudden I just didn't have bad days anymore. And, That was, you know, it's amazing. I I actually think everyone should do it. I've been telling people this for two decades now. And I think only maybe 10 or 15 people have actually taken me up on saying this to themselves over and over. But all of those people, whenever I see them, they're like, man, you changed my life. And I'm like, you know what? If I change one person's life with that, it was worth telling a thousand people. I love to talk about that actually. And I get interviewed on other shows and they they wanna talk about real estate and stuff, which I love real estate, so I get it. But the mindset stuff is, the reason I'm successful. I really think I could be successful doing anything because I just keep going forward. And if you do that, you get to your goal. It's just like I said, climbing Kilimanjaro, starting a real estate business, it takes the same skill. Just keep moving forward. Keep studying, keep learning, keep taking steps.
1: We can have you back on and talk about your syndication business. And I would love to do that. But I could not agree with you more. If you're an entrepreneur, I mean, just in life, this mindset is so important. And that's why I just thought it was is so worth just focusing on. Are there instances even in, in your real estate business now where it's like that mindset has, has shown you through other than just like the day to day grind, anything where you can remember, OK, you know, I'm so thankful that I'm going to have a good day today because this just happened.
0: Yeah, well, right. So, I mean, there's always struggles in any business, right? The one thing I think about is we were buying this 40 or 41 unit building, and um, this seller was just a terrible pain in the rear end. You know, it's just really, really difficult to deal with. And they were so negative. And I just kept thinking to myself, you know what? I can get through this because, like, I'm not going to let this person ruin my day. I'm not going to let this person ruin my week, whatever, right? And it's so easy when people are negative to get, like, frustrated. And I still get frustrated. I just, I'm really resilient about like, if I'm having, if I'm irritated with someone, like if I get ticked off at Whitney, I'm going to say, you know what? I need to either minimize my contact with Whitney, or I need to recognize that I'm only going to deal with this problem for so long. And so with the seller, I was like, well, once we close, I never have to talk to this person again if I don't want. So I just need to move forward. And it was a really good deal. And so I wanted to make sure we got through it. And even dealing with our counsel, like our attorneys, were, we got to the, it was such a terrible deal that I just kept getting into fighting over terms in the contract and everything. And I kept thinking it was going to blow up and I just kept thinking, no, I just keep moving forward. We're going to get there. So that's one example
1: where that really was useful. Wow. What has been the hardest part of your syndication journey or process?
0: You know, honestly, the thing that's hardest for me is asking people for money. I like the deals and I've had to like really work on my mindset here, recognizing that I'm not really saying, hey, why don't you give me money? I'm saying, here's an opportunity for you. And I forget who said it to me first, but you know, you hear this a lot in syndication that you have to like reframe what you're offering because the truth is, it is actually for, you know, a lot of passive investors, the best possible option they have. So that was really difficult for me at first. And I still struggle with that sometimes because people will say, well, why should I give you money? And then I react with like, I don't know why you should give me money. Well, I have to say, no, you're not giving me money. You're investing in an opportunity that, you know, really can bring you a solid return. And I have to keep forcing myself to think that way. So that's been challenging. And then also, you know, like, I mean, I don't know how challenging this COVID thing is going to be, you know, we're recording this and like, it's the first of April right and, and we don't know what rents we're gonna collect next month so I I'm mentally like trying to stay positive right now is actually harder than it's ever been I usually sleep like super well I lay down and I fall asleep like almost instantly and a couple of times last week I was like man I was really struggling with getting to bed I my mind's racing and I'm thinking about all this stuff so I mean it's it's been a challenge right now I think this is one of the more challenging times for everyone in the country and really the whole world
1: so but you're going to continue to be stubborn about not having a bad day, right?
0: Oh, yeah. No, I'm definitely doing that. Like, if I can, you were saying this about the military training and moving forward and you just can't quit, right? That reminded me of coming down from Kilimanjaro. That was actually almost harder than going up. The up was super hard. But then on the way down, you're super sore and you're walking down. So you're like banging your toes into the thing and you've got blisters and pain and and it's 27 kilometers from the top to the gate and there's no roads like it's trail climbing over rocks. And, you know, it's not technical climbing, but it's also not easy. Right. And it takes about a day and a half to get down. So it's like six and a half days up and a day and a half down. Right. At least the route we went and there really wasn't an option. You can't quit. Right. Like there's no other way out. Like your options are either quit or, you know, roll off the side of the mountain and die, I guess. And so, but that's kind of where we're at with real estate right now. Right. I mean, we can't quit. Like I have investors that I have to take care of, and like you know, right. I think all, all of our deals are going to be fine. We have cash, and and even my own investments. I can't quit. If I what do I do if I quit? Like I can't just give everything back to the bank and go bankrupt. I mean, I suppose I could. I'd figure it out, but that's the last resort. I definitely don't ever want to have to go that direction ever, ever
1: again, no matter what. So, tell me a way that you've recently improved your business that so we could apply to ours. One thing that we've done lately is we've really tried to focus
0: on our metrics, right? So, I mean, I know everyone thinks that, but we used to be like, oh, it seems like a good deal. And this comes from being, I think, getting into syndication. I've only been doing that about a year and a half now before we would just buy whatever felt right to us and you know when you get into syndication you really need to like drill down on that so i started taking finance classes even though i have a ridiculous amount of college already so that i could learn all of these like how to actually calculate an internal rate of return and for that matter what it actually means like i knew sort of instinctively what it means but i even see some syndicators still putting that in their packets and not actually explaining it correctly or calculating it incorrectly so i really try to drill down on on all of those different metrics you know, and how to calculate them and building out better models. So, I mean, I've gotten to become like an Excel expert to like create my own models and like tracking stuff. We created an investor scorecard, like or an investment scorecard where even deals that we don't buy, we go back and look at what they traded at and see what, they, what that cap rate actually worked out to based on what we projected the NOI to be at year one. So we can kind of see what other people are doing. And then that way we get a better feel for where the market is. Now, of course, right now, I mean, who knows what that's, how much that's worth because the market's up in the air, what's going to happen in the next few months or years here. So we'll see. But I mean, it's still good to have all that data and be able to sort of see where everyone else is at.
1: No doubt about it. I think it's really smart, really smart uh, to be able to go back and do that and see where you were at. It definitely helps you to know how to underwrite the next deal or or just know what other people are doing. Like you said, maybe that doesn't mean you want to do it maybe, but it's good to know. Tell me what's the number one thing that's contributed to your success?
0: I think creativity is probably, I mean, the determinedness of moving forward, I mean, other than that, which we've already talked about, that's super important, just keep moving forward. Because like, if you point yourself in the right direction, I think of it like a rocket ship. So it takes a lot of effort to get started, right? Like the buying your first real estate deal is very, very hard. Once you do that, you're kind of like already in orbit, right? And then, you know, like if you launch a rocket ship from Houston or Florida or something, and you're trying to get to the International Space Station, the hard part is getting to orbit. The next part is just little adjustments to your trajectory. You know, you don't aim right at the space station, you just aim at space. You get up there, then you make those changes. So To me, that's the thing that's most important is just, you know, getting started and then recognizing that after you're started, you can make those little adjustments to find the right place and you're just kind of fine
1: tuning everything. Love that. What's a way that you're finding investors right now?
0: We actually don't raise huge amounts of money. We do pretty small deals, and we have a pretty solid pool of investors. So we're not really searching out that much for them. But you know, I do a lot of shows. Not that I'm you know coming out here to pitching. I don't even have anything right now to to sell. But it's about building credibility, making sure people understand where you're coming from. You have to be super authentic, and then you have to talk to everyone. Like just if someone wants to talk about real estate they want to ask me a question about, you know, what they should do about their problem. I'm going to go out with them. I'm going to set up a zoom. I'm going to go to coffee with them, whatever. Just talk to everyone, tell everyone what you're doing and then get out there. So we have a real estate show actually. I don't know if you knew about that or not, but it's the old fashioned real estate show where we just drink old fashions. So basically we get drunk and talk about real estate on YouTube. And so that's one outreach thing too. You get, you get people following that and sending us questions and stuff like that. So...
1: Wow. What's a way that you give
0: back? Well, honestly, it's it's the same thing, right? It's not completely altruistic, but going out and talking to people about how they can work on their own real estate business is a form of giving back. And then of course, you know, we're trying to be as positive as possible all the time. And I think that that's super helpful for people. Lately, what I've been doing is I've been doing a Facebook group that we just try to help people live the best version of their life, even if that's not a real estate thing, right? So I actually do it with um, a real estate syndication attorney, Jillian Sidoti. The two of us started this group. We have a podcast where we just interview people doing great things. Like just this week, we interviewed someone who is helping people learn how to sleep better, which was really timely for me because like I said, I've been having this sleep issue that I never had before. It's all about just talking to people and trying to help them through whatever it is they're working through.
1: Nice. I appreciate that. Appreciate you sharing that, Jeff. And I also am just grateful for your time today and sharing just your story. I hope it helps at least one listener to Understand that, like, it can be a choice to have a good day. How you speak to yourself is so important. I try to tell my boys often, like, it's your choice to have a good day. <laughs> it's your choice. Few
0: people recognize that. It's yeah. amazing how many people are like, when I tell them that, they'll say something like, Well, that's that must be nice for you. And I'm like, Yeah, it is, but it's also good for you.
1: Like, you should do it right. also. Well, Jeff, tell people or tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you.
0: Sure. So I have a website, jeffreyholst.com. So it's just my name.com. That's probably the easiest way, but otherwise Facebook, Instagram, any of that, all my names are, I don't hide. So everything is Jeffrey Holst or Jeff Holst, right? So, and the old fashioned real estate show on YouTube, of course, too. That's just youtube.com slash old fashioned real estate. And then the Facebook group that I talked about where Jillian and I are doing it is called last life ever. So it's literally like, it's your last chance at being alive. So last life
1: ever. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge
0: Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital